Hello, everybody. On today's episode of the Loose Change Podcast, we'll be going through the division leaders and discussing why they are at the top, along with Eric Carlson's bid for Norris and McDavid's unreal season. We are back. The NHL is in full swing. We got 10 to 14 games apiece for a lot of these teams. So I feel as though we're at a point where we can actually react to what they've been doing with a good enough sample size. And I'm ready to say that McDavid's going to win the Rocket. He's got 13 goals already. Stuart, any complaints with that? It's going to be Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson. Let's talk about some division leaders and let's start with a team that I really didn't expect to be leading the division at any point of the season, but fair enough, the Dallas Stars. They're 8-3-1, 17 points in 12 games. They're 6-3-1 in their last 10. And the thing with the Stars is you usually don't watch them. Over the last mm-hmm. few years, they're a defensive team that you don't really care for. They have a new coach and they are different now have you guys been watching any of the games kai have you checked out the stars team yeah i mean just mostly just for fantasy purposes for myself i have hints in robertson yeah uh but every time that they play it's like multiple points for each of them and they look so fun from what i've seen at least um i think there were some question marks going in losing Klingberg. i thought maybe that power play might lose a step but uh stepped in there and done an unreal job so far yeah, he's got like eight points in nine games right now, I think, too. And he missed some time. I think from what I've watched of Dallas, he looks phenomenal, which I don't oh, think yeah. is very surprising. No, no, no. High skin in the eye. He's good, too. Eight <laughs> points, nine games. Robertson, man, Jason Robertson, 12 games. He's third in points, 19. Uh, you know, 19th or, or 19 points. And he's fifth in goals with eight. Like, that guy did not calm down at all from the, uh, you know, all those contract negotiations there. Tyler, oh. what do you think of maybe? I think that the one thing about the stars this year, I get the coaching is a big part of it, but I think the Mm -hmm. coaching being offensively minded has been huge for Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan because hence Pavelski Robertson. They're good. You know what I mean? Like they're going to be great. I love them and their play style will fit, fit any coach, but it looks like they found Tyler Sagan's ghost and put him back in his body. He's playing very well, kind of like Braden suggested at the start of the season. Not suggested. Hold. I want my credit. I want my kudos right now. (laughs) My predictions have been absolutely fucking fire right now. I don't care. I don't want to hear anyone. I'm fucking on it with everything. The Sens are shit. The Sens are shit. But fucking Tyler Sagan coming back. I called that 10 points in 11 games. I said he he was going to find his form back. I said he's good, and he's back to that level. Um, One thing I just saw, though, I did want to bring attention to, as good as the forwards have been, um, when your starting goaltender has a 952 save percentage, it's pretty easy to win games. In seven games. Are you suggesting that's good? Suggesting that's a little good. And, you know, 908 from your backup, that'll get it done. Yeah, that's that's all you can ask for, yeah. So, if you look at his stats, Ottinger was been has been a league average goaltender up until last year's playoffs. He has yeah. one of the best playoff series of all time. And now this year, he just carries it right into it. He's a top five goalie in the NHL, it looks like. Yep. Proving my point that goaltenders are voodoo. Mm-hmm. He pulled with Demko. He had a little... Remember Demko before the bubble? It was like, eh. And then he blew up in the playoffs and he maintained it. Ottinger did yeah. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Braden, you ready to take the L on Rupins or... What do I say about him? I think he's a bum. Yes. Yeah, you not enough. Yeah, I want to see more from him. So. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Brain's predictions Dallas? have either been hot or we're not going to talk about them. I, I'll, I'm Let's just going to bring back Aiden Hill anytime you say anything. But no, like, the one thing with Dallas I want to say, like, whenever, like, the Canucks are bad, which is, like, a lot in the last decade, and I go, I need a new team. I go, oh, I like Dallas. Like, I like their team. Like, I really like the build of it. I can't bring myself to, like, love the stars. And you know Why? Why? They have the shittiest logo in the league, and they've got mm-hmm. a shitty fucking jersey set. They look like okay. shit. They they are like it's everyone yeah, knows it though. We can't just harp on them for their terrible jerseys every single time we talk about the star. I can bring back you the need... old star jerseys from like the Marty Choco <sighs> era. Oh my god! Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know why it would be perfect as a Canucks fan to go to the Dallas Stars? 
because the owner of the Dallas yes. Stars and the owner of the Canucks hate each other after that <laughs> yeah. could have been our really? owner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh Gig Lardy is the stars owner and he's like a big Vancouver real estate guy, I think. Oh, I think that's where his Sandman, background. Sandman yeah. Hotels, that's all him. Sandman Hotels, he owns like Moxie's, yeah, a few other things. Um, so big Vancouver base. And him and Aquilini hate each other so much, apparently. Well, there was a partnership group that they had together to buy the Canucks. Yeah. And then I guess uh Frankie Boy, I don't know, I don't know if he fucked who him over or if it seems like they were gonna fuck each something other over shady or something. Happened. Yeah, so then Aquilini won the legal battle and the right to buy the Canucks there. So they've mm-hmm. never liked each other since. Yeah. Um one of my former coworkers used to be a server at Moxie's and uh, apparently whenever Gig Lardy would come and he'd like demand all the TVs be switched from Canucks games to Stars games. <laughs> no Even though it's way. in Vancouver. That's, that's awesome. That is so gangster. Hey, um, <laughs> put my team on. What do you mean your team? The team I own. Put them on the TV. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, the Stars, though, the story is their goaltending has been great and their offense has also been good. They are top three in goals against per game and they're top three in goals for per game. So... Let's ride high for the stars and see them compete with the avalanche for a central division title. Mm-hmm. The Vegas Golden Knights are clearly in the driver's seat in the Pacific. Seattle is second in the division with all the Canadian teams far behind. What's the deal, guys? You guys are the Canucks fans. I'll start with you, Braden and Kai. What's going on in this division? Why are the Canadian teams not putting up a fight with Vegas? Well, Edmonton's Edmonton. We know what they are. I think Calgary's off to a slow start. Vancouver, we know what start they had. But Vegas. Uh, yeah. Oh. Can you think oh, of wow. anyone who said this is going to be Vegas's comeback revenge tour season? <laughs> we are I not. I can think of somebody. No, and his name starts this. with Braden. His Every last name's time we talk about Vegas. He, Didn't everybody knew. say that, though? No, yes. not the, I said they were going to win the I said this is the. I don't know if I said they're going to win the event. I said they're back, baby. This is going to be their year. I took Jack Eichel in one of our fantasy leagues that we're in. And is he paying off 14 points, 13 games? You saw that overtime play. Jack Eichel is back. He's out to yeah. prove that he's one of the best players in the world. He's sick and tired of hearing all the fucking bullshit that people have said about him. He's a franchise-level player, and he's going to really put that in stone this year. He's been playing very well, for sure. He definitely looks rejuvenated, that's for sure. It's Mark Stone in the offseason, like... too, eh? He was like, yeah. people were talking down on his name. He's just playing, he's playing just fine. The new line they've put together, too, of Stevenson, Eichel, and Stone looks like dominant. Mm-hmm. Are yeah, they playing Stevenson on the games. wing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stevenson's third first on left winger right now. He's really well, proven that he can handle that. One he's thing got, there, though. What, I... 10 points in 13 games or something. One guy who's been a little stinky. Another prediction that might look like it's coming right on uh, Brain's part. Phil Kessel, only one goal. Hey, Phil's not uh, Phil's not put up in the net like we thought he was going to. Yeah, you know what the problem is here is? That he's not shooting enough. 25 shots. He has a four shooting percentage. It's Phil the Thrill Kessel. Get some more shots on that here, Phil. Let's go. But he's mm-hmm. turned into such a playmaker in the last couple seasons, like underratedly too, where like he's a really good playmaker. He's got four assists. Like I'm sure he mm-hmm. could probably have more. Like He's become a really really good like we're kind of right around his like penguins time there still i don't know if you remember kind of watching that conversion but like yeah yeah last year he only had uh he only had eight goals last year so Mm -hmm. in a full 82 and 52 points but um nobody does it like fill the thrill like i'd love for him to like score a bit more there but otherwise as a whole like vegas is a wagon do you i don't know i think edmonton i kind of think is like they're about what we expected LA is outperforming a little bit there. Looking around the division, especially with the goaltending both not being great. Kevin Fiala really living up to the expectations there, Mm -hmm. though. Gabe Velarde, what a coming out time for him. We thought he might be on waivers to start the year. Nine goals, 14 games, 14 points. Um, Yeah, what about... I I know we wanted to just touch on the the division leaders. I just want to touch on the Flames quick. Like, Are they cold? Are they like not good? Or what, what are we thinking going on there? Well, that's the thing. Most teams, most people's predictions had the two teams competing for the division be either like Vegas, Calgary, Edmonton, Calgary. Mm-hmm. The Flames are 5-4-2, and two, only 12 points in 11 games. <laughs> They've lost five straight at the recording of this podcast. Is it is it more than the Huberdo's not playing well, Kai? What do you think it is? 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a cause for concern for sure. Um, personally, I look at how the Flames have done so far, and I think it's a lot of just a very reset team. I think they need to find a groove a little bit, as opposed to Edmonton, which I think Edmonton is a cause for concern. They're averaging just shy of four goals a game, and they're seven and six. But that's the Oilers. Because, because they're letting oh up God. four goals a game. Campbell yeah, so looks was, stinky. Yeah, really, really, really stinky. I, dra- I drafted him in fantasy. That's my fault. Stuart yeah. Sander's been good too. Like Campbell's getting wow. starts right now because of his contract, not because they're thinking hmm. he can like play his way out of it. I just want to touch before you go to the Oilers. Um, both the Flames goalies have sub nine hundred save percentages. Marky's yeah. at an eight ninety seven. Vladar's at an eight sixty five. So I guess we can point to that. You know, Kadri's point per game. Wild to fully nine points, eleven games. But yeah, no man, like Jack Campbell. I don't. I don't know, Tyler, you watched him the most. What do you think? Do you just let him play through it or do you let him sit and just try and get his mind back and give Skinner the rain for a little bit? Oh man, that's such a tough question because for the Leafs, when they had Jack Campbell, he was an all-star goalie. He had like a 930 through December. At some point, he gets injured shortly after and never looked the same. So you wonder, is it an injury? Because we didn't really hear about the injury until like coming after the season. Is he is he one of those guys that he when healthy plays well, he's just playing injured right now? Or is it the fact that he has Tyson Berry, Cody Cece in his top four? Mm-hmm. Like, I, he's never been this steal-a-game goalie. He wasn't with the Leafs. He played solidly ahead of a pretty decent team, especially in the regular season. The Oilers don't have the defense for it. No. No. Yeah, and I, well, Stuart Skinner, man, if he's going to ride it, you got to ride him for a little bit, right? 928 save percentage, and what is it, how many is he at? Six games now? Yeah, you got to look at your defensive shaky. structure, too. It's pretty shaky in the last game you played, though. But I mean, like I said, there's only one game. But... <laughs> Sorry. McDavid's got 27 points in 13 games. Like, he's just as stupid. <laughs> Yeah, that is pretty stupid because he's doing that and they have 14 points in 13 games as a team. So <laughs> the Oilers have one, two, three, four, five guys at a point per game. At really? or above a point per game. Yeah, McDavid. was that many. McDavid's at two points, over two points a game. Um, Drysaddle's at 25 and 13, so he's just under two points a game. Hyman is 15 points and 13. He's over. Um Nuge is also 15 and 13. And then Evander Kane's 13 points. He's at a point per game. Exactly. Yeah. Like lots of getting, offense. Their offense getting, is fine. Yeah. Pull your RVA. Not, uh, not performing. He's only got one point. Maybe we'll see that trade revisited here, but, or sorry, two points. My, uh, my bad there, but yeah, I, they got to get that figure on the back end, but shall we switch over to the Eastern conference? Look at a team who somehow kind of maybe figured out on the back end. The New Jersey Devils. Man, so the big news there, they have been playing great. They're 9-1 their last 10. They have a six-game win streak. Leading the division, as all of us kind of called, they're going to play great and play into a playoff spot. They just lost Blackwood for the next month or so. They kind of, I said in their division preview that Blackwood was the big question mark for me, and he's been playing very well. Now, Ah, Blackwood has had an 880 in eight games. Or sorry, in seven games. Vitek Vanacek's had the 908 in seven games. He's had the better numbers. Well, that's okay. Where I'm leading to. So Vanacek yeah. has been playing better. So he's fine. How did how did Washington let Vanacek and Samsonov go? How did the that happen? Question to me. I well, I could see why with Vanacek. I, I don't know. I think he's a 906, 908 goalie. Samsonov, I don't get. I, I don't understand that one. But uh, the bigger question I have for the the Capitals as it pertains to the Devils is letting Jonas Siegenthaler go for a third, man. If you want to look at a team that is a masterclass in rebuilding its defense groups, uh, Vancouver, looking at you, look no further than the New, the New Jersey Devils, man. Sharon Govich for a third. He's been fantastic. Or sorry, Sharon Govich. Uh, Siegenthaler for a third. He's been fantastic on the back end for them. John Marino for a second and Ty Smith. Fantastic. Not even a second. It's a th- it was a third. A yeah. third and Ty Smith. Fan- Ty Smith's not even in the lineup. Fantastic trade for them. Uh, Dougie Hamilton bringing him in on a free agency deal. You know, Dougie Hamilton point per game right now. Fantastic deal. You know, looking around at the rest of that defense, there's Ryan Graves who they got from the Avalanche who priced himself out there. Yeah. He's playing fantastic with them. 
And then on the third line, Kevin Ball, he's like 6'6", 230, second round pick from 2018. Like he's finally getting yeah. through their system. It's a really good looking defense core. Damon that's Saverson, same. like that's fa- I, I, there was some advanced stats. Sorry, Stu, to cut you off. I just want to say like um, there was one stat I saw the other day and it was like ranking all of the pairing, the, all the defensive pairings in the NHL by their possession numbers, right? So who pretty much like who were the most effective pairings? Um, the entire Devils defense core is in the top 12. <laughs> that's <pretty laughs> like, impressive. That's where they're that's where the devil's strength comes from, man. Like they've got some great forwards there with Jesper Brat, uh Nico Hirschier, Jack Hughes. Like, you know how much I love those guys, but that defensive group is scary, man. That's like that and then with you know, they got some great players, the second overall pick this last draft, Simon Nemec coming in later. It's got the potential to me, man, where that can turn into a Colorado Avalanche level defensive group. How yeah, good was... has Jesper Brat been, eh? He's been the best player, dude. Like he's by Dom Lushizen's model there, like his uh game score value is like franchise level player, not elite, wow. but like franchise level. He's been the best player by far on that team. The Devils' offense, just the couple of times I've watched them play this season, they just seem to also be really good at like just having possession of the puck, like even in their own zone when they get it. They don't seem to make that many errors, which I mm. think is really helping them out as well. And like the offense has looked really good for New Jersey, and they're missing, I guess, their big free agent forward acquisition for almost the entire season so far. Like they've barely even been able to work Palat into their lineup mm-hmm. before yeah. he got hurt. So they, they'll get to add, you know, a great, I mean, Palat's not a huge driver, but like if you throw him on a wing with two drivers, he'll get in the corners and do all the work for them. That will just make them even better. Absolutely. He's a player, man. Yeah. And then Jack Hughes hasn't even had the breakout that we're all expecting. And he's at a point per game and we're only expecting him to get better. I could easily see, like, you tell me right now. So he has 12 points in 12 games. You tell me he plays a full 82 games this year. I'll say he finishes with 88, 90 points. I, was I think he's going to get better. Yeah, I was expecting 100 going into the season. I don't know if he can reach that now. But for sure, I think he's still capable of hitting that 90, 95. Yeah, no disrespect to Carolina in that division. Like, they're just one point behind. They're eight, three, and one versus New Jersey's nine and three. So I don't think Devils by this time next week even could be first place. I think Carolina will overtake them. But what a story so far for a team that was what twenty points out of a playoff spot last year. They're playing yeah. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I'm Kai. I don't know about you. Uh, are you gonna buy Quinn Hughes New Jersey Devils jersey when he uh, inevitably <laughs> leaves us to go and join his brothers there or what? Oh, how much of a piss off would that be? <laughs> I think it's going to leave. Do you leave your Canucks fandoms? Uh, if we have PD or not, depend, it depends PD. on the circumstances. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's brutal. Well, we, I can't if, picture it. I can't picture it. If we still have Elias Pettersson and then we also have Elias Pettersson, the defenseman, I'm okay. Cause like we, we still have two, <laughs> but uh, it'd be tough. That was such a mind fuck when the Vancouver Canucks drafted a, Elias Pettersson this year. Hey, he's playing good, man, too. He looks like he's, he's got a shot to make the NHL as a third-parent defenseman. Let's go. That's what you guys need. <laughs> Huge. Any defenseman that has a the pulse. Canucks, the Canucks have all the third-parent defensemen in the market or in the league. They don't They don't need more. Anyway, should I move on to the Atlantic? Let's do it. So a team that's been making the headlines. <laughs> for good and bad purposes. Yeah. Before we get into the Mitchell Miller thing, which we'll keep short, everyone knows what kind of what happened. <laughs> Uh, Bruins are 11 and two. They lost to the Leafs surprisingly, but outside of that, they've been absolutely killing it. They're seven and zero at home still. And that was without Marchand. It's still without McAvoy. (laughs) Is this not the number one team you're scared of to match up in the playoffs right now? I know it's way too early for that, but it's also not too early for that. If I'm in the East, I'm scared of this team. Sorry, you know that Hampus Lindholm has a point per game. What he is? I did not know that until yeah, he's been like, really good. Second, he's like when I watched like Boston, like like the two times I saw them, like he's looked good, but he's at a point per game, and he's been that playing where McAvoy crazy. usually plays. Like he's playing everywhere. He's playing twenty two and a half minutes a night. Oh man, he the Bruins like we talked about all oh, the last dancing. Like no, like I'm. I'm ready to say it now. Like the Bruins are winning the the Boston Bruins are going to be the Stanley Cup winner this year. Don't speak it into existence, please. 
they're going to win the Stanley Cup this year. They're too good. They've got the. We'll see if the vibes continue after that stuff that we'll get into here. But you man, see Pasternak's mustache. God, he's so good. I'm scared <laughs> like, of that, dude. Jake DeBrusque is at ten points in twelve games. Like it's amazing, and he's kind of, you know, I don't know if we talked about. I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but like DeBrusque kind of said, like the coaching changes. What did it for him? Sometimes that's all it takes for a player, right? Yeah. And we, we all thought that, that was a stupid Derek thing. Carlson. Taylor Hall kind of coming back. Nick Felino, dude, he's got seven points, 13 games. We thought that guy was done. And that's such a Bruins thing to do is resurrect Nick Felino's career to be such an annoyance on the third line <laughs> or fourth line. Dude, so many of them. Pavel really Zaka, we thought that guy was a bum in New Jersey. He's got seven, he's seven points, 13 games too. Like he's playing a 40 point pace. Like this team is just full of God, like, you know, we talk about, you know, you know, you love, I I love to talk about Philly. You need to be fit more Philly and they're doing it. But nobody encapsulates that ability to just have every player to buy into the culture and play like the Boston Bruins do. As far as like tandems go, I think Allmark and Swayman is right up there with one of the best mm-hmm. in the league at this point, too. Allmark is nine and one with a two GAA, a nine thirty two save percentage. In shootouts, he's four and oh, my God. That's, this is that's a, a scary stat. team right now. Early Vesna favorite, potentially. I think so. Him Got and Aiden Hill. up there for the, the Vesna. Right Aiden now. Hill. There you hey, go. Not, Lo- not Aiden Hill, but Stu's boy, Logan Thompson. He's and up then Ottinger, right? Those are like the three. Those yeah. The three to start. For sure. Um, I did want to just actually say one quick Sorry, just to break it up. I wanted to say one thing about Logan Thompson I forgot to bring up when we talked Vegas. Um, did you guys know that Logan Thompson has a three-year deal paying him seven hundred fifty thousand dollars? It's not three years. It's three. Yeah, years. I did not know that. I did not know that either. What? So oh. Vegas did something good with their cap space? Well, I guess they were like, "Look, let, I, to me, what that contract probably states is we're going to give you a shot in the NHL. You're probably not going to do, you know, be an NHL level guy. So you'll be our AHL starter. Here's some security with it. Three years at seven fifty at the NHL, and you don't have much at the AHL level." But kids got a nine thirty four and eight games. I imagine the steal that that could become if he even keeps like a nine fifteen. Yeah, oh seriously. my god! With the goalie market, <laughs> if you just have one good year, you can get paid twenty five million over five years. That's just how Look, it is Jack right Campbell. now. Exactly. Jack and he didn't even have that good a year. <laughs> and even then, back to the Bruins. Like the, it's not like the Bruins are paying a whole lot for all Mark and Swayman either. Like those aren't guys making five mil. I can't remember what their deals are off the top of my head, but. It's uh, it, Less than it's eight. not, yeah, like it's not an expensive tandem, right? Like you don't not over ten. I think the the way the NHL is kind of showing us right now is it is moving into the more of that tandem rather than the one starter who's going to play 60, 65 games. Yeah, for sure. Um, just cap wise and because goalies are voodoo, unless you get one of the good ones. But uh, yeah, well, thank God the Leafs have uh, a great tandem in Shalgren and I don't even know the other guy's name because he doesn't show up on the stat sheet yet. Nope, but that kid, that video of him uh, learning he was getting an NHL contract with the team, great video. Great video. Um, let's talk about good vibes though with the Bruins, going to bad vibes there. So let's get into the, the nitty gritty. Yeah, I'll set it up. So Mitchell Miller was a high draft pick. He was going to be a very good talent at the top of the draft. He fell very late, and Arizona picked him. And the Fourth reason, he, exactly, the reason he felt so late is because it kind of was a group decision across the NHL that this guy was not going to be a part of the league, despite how talented he is. He's, eh, for lack of a better word, just a piece of shit. He was a bully in high school, and he did some really psychotic and terrible things to... Sociopathic, man. Sociopath- very bad things. You, if you want to Google it, like we don't need to get into everything, but the piss the pop. One. Yeah, the big one, he, he took a, a lollipop, as it were. Rubbed it in a urinal and then made a uh, this a mentally disabled uh, black kid lick it. So he's so a he, hashtag bad guy. Yeah, you know, he racially bullied the kid too. Um, yeah, so well, he went on to a bunch of uh, no uh, no draft lists, no draft lists for the NHL. Arizona took him, uh, rescinded it with less than a week, and then uh, Tyler, yeah, you wanna you wanna pick it back up there? Bruins just without asking anyone <laughs> signed him. To an ELC. Just, hey, here's some money. Be a part of our organization. 
And since then, there's just been backlash across the NHL, across Bruins fans, and the Bruins players have had to be questioned about this. And it's just such a big fat L for Bruins ownership and scouting to think that this was okay. If he's on your do not draft list for the first three rounds back then, why? what makes you think you should draft him now? <laughs> Especially with the state of hockey, what's been going on this offseason with hockey culture. It's just a really big F you to anyone that has been soured about that over the last half a year. And if you want to know why he got drafted, it's because the Boston Bruins have one of the worst prospect pools in the league. They need, especially they need defensemen, offensive defensemen. And Miller just put up, I think, 86 points in like 60-something games as a 20-year-old in the US NDP or USHL, which is full of 18-year-olds. So he's put up the numbers. Look, he was supposed to be a first-round talent. But yeah. you know the big thing there is he's just... And the area I want to focus on too, and we talked about is just that people do deserve checking second chances, yeah. but you got to earn it too. And this kid hasn't earned it. One and that point, was the big people, thing, right? Yeah. People are going, Oh, thing. it's, he was 14 mistakes happen. I don't remember doing shit like that at 14. You know, I do. I think bullying is a natural thing that kind of happens. Yeah. Like it's shitty, but like it does, but there's bullying and then there's, you know, I, I don't even know what the word is for that. Like, it, it it's psychotic. Like, that's not bullying, dude. It, <laughs> it's just flat out racism. Like, you know that that's wrong. And when we talk about, oh, like, he was 14, let it go. That's not what a normal 14-year-old does. And with showing apology, you know, people are going, oh, the family wouldn't. I've seen people saying the family's never going to accept an apology. Nothing's ever going to be enough. A- I don't think it would be enough if I was the parent. They have every right to not want to take any apology. But there was a second kid involved, and he apologized, and they accepted that kid's apology, and you've heard no issues with that kid. Sure, he's not going to the NHL, but it hasn't affected his career at all because he owned up to it, and he apologized and meant it. Mitchell Miller has never reached out to the family of uh, you know, the family of his victim there at all. The most he did was send an apology on Snapchat. Never walk. He's had two years since the Coyotes drafted him and the pick was rescinded. He's had two years to go and say, Hey, I'm sorry. He's done nothing. Nothing else with the court mandate. You would have thought that the draft pick being rescinded would have been the wake up call that he needed, right? Yeah. It's like the judge said, You're not sorry that you did it. You're sorry you got caught. Yeah. And anything you're doing is just trying to, you know, make up for that and become in the, you get it back in the NHL. It doesn't look like he's got the best support system either. I will say this, you know, Mitchell Miller, it, the the parents of the victim put out statements talking about how the parents of Mitchell Miller, as well as the rest of the hockey community in that town have, you know, kind of banded together on Mitchell Miller's behalf and how the victim's family is made to feel like the victim or made to feel like the, uh, the bad guy. They're not. Um, but yeah, I don't know how the Bruins, you know, coming back around here, I don't know how the Bruins decided, yeah, let's sign this kid without even mm-hmm. calling the family. Yeah. Um, thank God that he's not going to play and that it's gone. And um, I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he deserves another chance after this. You know, you had your shot to get your redemption tour and you didn't. So anything now, I, I don't have time for. I think that's it. You're old enough to know mm-hmm. what's wrong at this point, and he clearly hasn't shown anything. Yeah, it's it's a big fat L for the Bruins. For sure. It's just as soon as they have the most positive energy in the league right now on the ice, right? On the ice. And then they just kind of go and do something like that. That just brings only negative negativity towards the team. Mm-hmm. The fact that Bergeron's sitting here answering questions about this idiot is embarrassing. Yes. Yeah. And good on Bergeron's reaction. Yeah. Eh? Like just the best captain or captain of the NHL. I love this guy. He just goes out and point blank says, we don't agree with our ownership's decision. We don't do that here. And frankly, he would not be welcomed in our locker room. Well, he goes, <laughs> if it was the same guy, right? If he hasn't grown. But like, of course, like, you know, NHL players the way are pretty said reserved. It, if they yeah. criticize, like, that's pretty fucking damning, dude. Like, the worst you're going to hear from an NHL player about a different player is like, he's a bad guy. So in a league where that's the worst thing you could say about somebody, like, that's bad to hear like you know and in credit to the bruins right like fuck we all hate marshawn but he did the right thing there too right like he was right up there with bergeron saying yeah like we don't have time for any of that we don't really love the signing but we'll see what the kids like 
and uh, you know, good on them for you know, kind of drawing the line in the sand there and making it clear that it's not acceptable. So the stuff I saw today, you know, Cam Neely, president of the Bruins, like he did reach out to the victim's mother, had a 45 minute conversation. The mother said it went well. So it looks like that fence is, I don't know if it's fully been mended, but it looks like it's on the, uh, on the way to being repaired there. But, and now he's know. not on the Bruins for those that don't know the, the Bruins did release him. Yeah. But how long until this happens again? Right? Like we know there's Logan Mayu over on the uh, Montreal Canadians who, um, you don't even remember. Or yeah. I don't know if you guys remember him. Well, I think the difference in that situation, though, is the NHL did make Mayu eligible, right? Uh, so he was eligible to sign. He did sign, but then the CHL was like, you're not playing for a year. So he went a year without playing, and then the London Knights brought him back, and that's where he's been playing. Right. So, but so it's still the same thing, right? Like, he hasn't done anything to war. I don't think he's warranted a second chance. So I thought we'll he made the effort to apologize. I think he apologized, but uh, it, to me, it didn't feel very legit. I, and then, you know, I guess if the victim has apologized it, then they then they accepted the apology. Then, then that's it. Uh, it's not my spot to say then at that point. But um, I don't know that's hockey Canada. Like it's just more and more proof it's hockey culture, man, and things have got to change. Yeah, fair enough, for sure. And that's just what has to happen. And hopefully. This is another step, you know, one step backwards for two steps forward type of thing. But mm-hmm. it is disappointing to keep on seeing shit like this mm-hmm. with you hockey. Know, 100%. It's just a clear lack of awareness, really, to what's going on. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't for know. someone I, I that think... would, how about this transition? Yeah. Someone who would never bully a soul, Eric Carlson. He's been playing very well. Mm-hmm. He's on the ice, man. <laughs> he has 10 goals last season in 50 games. He has 10 goals in 14 games this season. Last season, he had 35 points in 50 games. He has 19 points in 14 games this season. Let me ask you this. Is Eric Carlson back? Yeah, yes. baby. Yeah, he is. He is, Kai? You really so think bad. so? Oh, Stewart, yeah. Have you he's seen healthy. Yeah, he I looks believe fast. It. Oh, my God, he's back. Because the it's, one it's... thing with him lately is that the last few years, people have said that he's not as quick on one of his sides. His le- mm-hmm. angles to the left, not as quick as he used to be. Are you telling me he is back? I mean, he still might. He's still probably slower than he was back when he was like 24. Yeah, he is 32. But, but that hockey sense can get you a long way. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's got that position that Burns had. So he's first line power play. He is the guy in the offense in the as in the de- defense as the offensive guy now no he's he's back to like ottawa senators days opportunity <laughs> the 17 so goals good, 50 so assists type of seasons yeah easily the, the best player to watch in the nhl when he was like the best player in the world man like he was so much like crosby was always like fun to watch but like like Crosby made his bread and butter as just being like the best at like all the little things kind of thing, yeah. right? Like he he'd make a crazy play, but like it was more of like he'd put up like four assists and you'd be like, oh what? And yeah. then he'd hit some like crazy backhand or stick out of air. But then like Carlson, do you remember that goal against the Penguins on their run where he went all around the offensive zone and drew everybody to him? And it was this crazy cross ice pass over to Hoffman for the one timer in overtime. Yeah. It was like it's just such a dynamic player to watch. I want Carlson to be back so badly. And what I'm wondering too, and I want your guys' opinion, if he's let's say he's back for this year, I'm not going to talk about next year. Let's say he finishes the year, uh, let's say he goes 70 points, 30 goals, and he continues to play at a 25 minute a night clip. Yeah, and let's say that's the season. Does he become tradable? Or remember, he has an 11 and a half million dollar cap hit. Wow. You know what? I didn't think Burns was tradable, but you actually got assets back for him. But term on Burns too, right? Like what's yeah. Carlson got six years left at that too? Four, like 11 and a half years less after today. Four? Less. Yeah. Only four years, right? Okay. Yeah, so four, let's see. He does it for the year. You got three years at 11. And I that's don't. Tra- that's tradable in my opinion. Because you think it is? Sorry to interrupt you there, Tyler, but I'm looking here. You got to think of real money as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. The majority of the real money has been paid out. That last year, the contract, he's only getting actually paid seven and a half. The year before that, nine. And then there's two years of 11. This year, he's making 12. The first year of the deal, he made 14 and a half million dollars. 
Mm-hmm. So you're telling me you could get a player with a huge cap hit, but not a lot of dollars to be paid? All right, mm-hmm. folks, you heard it here first. Eric Carlson to the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> That's their bread and butter, man. You know they love it. No, I, I don't know. For me, yeah. Like, I, I think know. he's tradable if he keeps it up, but like again, those conditions being met, I think San Jose's got to fork over assets to move him still, and or retain significantly. Or retain, but even then, to me, if you're the Sharks and you're rebuilding, fuck it, dude. Retain fifty percent. Oh yeah. Retain yeah. the max. I know it sucks, but like you're getting rid of six and a half off the books or six, like you know whatever the max five point seven five off the books, like you're still clearing cap space. You're not going to win, or maybe you're only going to win in that last year of his deal. Mm-hmm. Trade him, see what you could get. If you're retaining, can you get like a third round pick back for him? Oh, I was going to say way more. You think only if, a third? Yeah, what yeah, am I, I talking about? Because I'm still thinking money, but you're right. If Eric we're Carlson thinking 5.75. Oh my God, yeah. You're paying for that. Like you're paying for that. Even before oh like, my last God. year. You're right? paying you're a lot still for a 40 that. point defenseman. You're still paying for that. Yes. Oh, so there you good go. Now God. He's a lot, asset. a lot, a yeah. lot. Like at least a first round pick plus, I think, for yeah. Carlson at half his contract. <laughs> if the, they retain. The only problem with Carlson, there. even lately, he's been injured, but he's still like a great defenseman in the NHL. He's been averaging 23 minutes a night, even after his injury every single year. It's just the cap hit. He's just paid as a top 10 player that he's not. But he's still a top like 50 defenseman easily, probably a top 30 defenseman for sure. Yeah, he's very valuable. Especially for teams like coming near the end of their competitive windows. I feel like he's got to be desirable because or like who's the team? Who's the team that needs offensive defensemen and they're in there last year going for it? The Bruins. Penguins going to the Boston Bruins, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. I would hate that. <laughs> Dude, no, I'm... the Bruins would not do that, but okay. They might, baby. Who knows? No, they would definitely not. Do... Mike Riley in three first for Eric Carlson. <laughs> I think that <sighs> Carlson's a tough one, right? It is a shame that he's on the Sharks right now because it is kind of a waste. Mm-hmm. Where he's got ten goals in fourteen games, and the team's what three and the worst eight, team in the league, three and eight or something like that. But prior like, to the deal, like they're like, worse than the Ducks. So, <laughs> but Carlson's been vocal about his desire to play on a team that's competitive and you know is going to play for a Stanley Cup. You know what? That's so easy to say. Then he shouldn't have signed for twelve million dollars a year. Yeah, but the guy we thought they were going to be good yeah, for Mitch. like a couple of years, right? Like they fell off <laughs> right away. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think, like what they had one one playoff run. If that, like they fell off and meet, nobody saw the fall off, right? Like everyone thought, oh, it yeah, three years. And I'm, I th- sure I'm Carlson, pretty sure they made the conference finals this first year. Yeah, and I'm sure Carlson's yeah. thinking, no one thought Carlson was going to drop off the way he did. I'm sure he thought, okay, worst case, we retain a little, I still get a trade because I'm Eric fucking Carlson, and mm-hmm. we're walking back into that territory of it's Eric fucking Carlson. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. you could still get traded. And like we just talked, dude, even if you're taking 25%, do you hate Eric Carlson for three years at seven something? Mm-hmm. Who would you, guy, who would you rather have? Eric Carlson at nine? I mean, fuck it. I'm hold him out. No retention. One for one. Eric Carlson for OEL. Are you taking oh, the job? Carlson so, uh, so easily? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so easy. Right? Like, and so look what OEL got. What Arizona got for OEL, the ninth overall, and a few others. Yeah, Dylan got their point per game and is staying in the NHL now. Love that. Um, <laughs> and twelve million dollars in cap space. Uh, but yeah, no man, I think Eric Carlson's back, and I'm excited to uh to see the keeps. You know, see what else happens and what team he inevitably uh, is traded to. Do. Just on him being traded, though, I don't think it's this year. I don't think there's any no. shot it's this year. No. I don't think. I don't no. even think People. it's next year. I think it'd be the year after that. I he, think it needs to like four years is would be unheard of in the NHL. Yeah, I think it would yeah. be next year's trade deadline would be the earliest because that's going to mm-hmm. be the, okay, we've had a year and a half of Eric Carlson being back. There's less term left. Mm-hmm. Cap's going up. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that being said, he would have to keep performing at an elite level for that to be in the cards. Yes, I don't even think elite, dude. With retention? Oh, yeah, elite, for sure. I think uh, definitely, be... definitely. Dude, we know, with the NHL, how, it, how it's been right now, unless the, if the salary cap goes if it balloons a little bit, maybe it becomes easier to trade him. But with how money tight every team is, there's no way yeah. 
a team I'm trading assuming, for him unless he's like actually a top 10 defenseman in the league. I'm assuming we're seeing like the something I've got in my mind here is cap goes up, you're retaining to bring it down to let's say 8 million and he's still playing at like 60 points. Yeah. Right? Like oh, to me okay. that's yeah. like he's still like a then good it makes sense. Yes. 50 60 points at 8 million. Okay, sure. He's still a good top four defenseman. Like I'll take that. All right, let's for not two three years. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves with Carlson. Well, I got, I got a good transition here. Okay. Since we talked about Carlson, let's talk about a team <laughs> who's actually finished. It's time for us to shit on Stewart's team. Wow, because we've shit on Ouch. your team, Kai. We've shit on the Leafs, and now the Pittsburgh the Penguins, Penguins are done. They're done. Are They're they? dead. They are They're dead. dead. I they will never in- know. I will never count out a team that has right. any fucking Crosby on it. I'm not. But, I'm not you, fucking. Brady, doing have you it. watched them play? Yes. It's Eric Carlson. I'm not but Eric Carlson. It's Sidney Crosby. No, has have watched them play. Watched them play. I've watched. I think how many games have they played this season? I think I've missed like two. Really? You've watched they that look, many games? They you've look, watched ten of their twelve. They look like after their first five games where they went four and one. Since then, they look arrogant. They look like they play one period a night where they you look at the team and they go man that's a really good team it's and then the other two periods they look di- disinterested they can't break out of their own zone to save their life but the amount of times i've watched gino just get the puck in the defensive zone and just flick it in the air and half the times he doesn't even get it in the air and then it gets picked off is ridiculous brian dumlin looks like a shell he looks terrible and anderson's been carrying petrie eh? like i was looking at some stats today like well Pedersen's been good there, man. I, on that, Pedersen has been the only high spot on the, the defense for Pittsburgh. And finally today, he got bumped up. He's playing with Latang now in practice. They finally bumped him up and moved Dumoulin down to the third pair. But I don't know if that even fixes the issues. But I don't even know what you can do at this point to fix the issues. I think they just need to buy... Like I don't know if they lost the message from Sullivan or what it's been. He looks clearly frustrated. Like He was barking at fans in Buffalo. That were banging on the glass behind them. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So something's up in that locker room. I know that they've had a couple of player only meetings, I think, as well, like on the ice after practice. Like Crosby will keep them all behind. They've got a, they've lost seven straight. They have to win. I mean, I, yeah. Stu, I, I, I hate to say longer. Like... It's just they've had, three, they had, they played three back to backs in a row, too. I don't want to make excuses, but that's kind of horseshit. Yeah. No, it, it, schedule is a thing. And like, I don't. I, I think it's two parts. Part of me goes, they could really use a defensive stalwart like John Marino. And going into that, who traded him? Right? Who's your management group right now, Stu? Yeah, Ron Hextall. And? Brian Burke. Okay, so what was the last team that Ron Hextall built? I don't even remember. I just know it wasn't a good team. It was the Philadelphia Flyers. How great they've done. Okay, what was the last team that Brian Burke was with? The Flames, I, guess, I think, as president. Yeah, I think it and was. The last time he was a GM Flames. was with the Leafs. It was 4 yeah. 1. Like, yeah. I, if there's one book to read, I, a hockey book to read, I can't recommend it enough. It's Brian Burke's book, Burke's Law. I think it's fantastic. He goes over about like how, you know, his mindset on building a team. I think Brian Burke's one of the greatest hockey minds of our generation. Of not, your dad's generation. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. He's not for our, he's not for this league anymore, man. And it feels like it's an older guy mentality, like looking at that defensive group. I don't, you know, Stu, I don't know if you agree there that the defense is an issue or it's a whole system thing. I don't think the Sullivan's defense is the an issue. issue. No, I, I will say I do not want to see Sullivan gone. Yeah. You know, I don't I, think he's the issue at all. I, I love f- him as a coach. I feel about Sullivan. I feel like how, Penn's fans think of Sullivan is kind of how I felt about Elaine Vigneault at the end of his Canucks tenure. Mm. That was, I was so upset when they let him go, man. Like that was my guy. Like he was so good. There was all that history. Like he was so know, good with the Canucks. You hire a coach to fire him, right? Like eventually there's going to be a day where Mike Sullivan is fired because the message got old, mm-hmm. but you can only work with what you've got. And like you said, there's too, right? Like you don't think that the players are done with that message. Do you? No, the the biggest issue, Braden, is you're right. The management they wanted to shake up the defense, and they shook it wrong. Yeah. Instead of you know like hitting a home run, they've fucking hit the ball backwards into like, the umpire's <laughs> mask. So who did they get I, I don't know of? how because they got rid of Marino for Ty Smith in the third. I don't know why Ty Smith hasn't played by this point with how yeah. bad the defense has been. That's like the your defense can't part. be worse. The only two guys on defense that I've legitimately liked this season so far is Pedersen. And like Pierre Oliver Joseph, like, those have been the only two guys. 
he's been okay. He's it's been Latang, sloppy. I guess, eh? Yeah, he's been like... sloppy. You know how he, like everyone knows how he plays. He has bad slumps. I'm sure he'll come back. But one guy Marino's I wanted to ask about seven. like he's Marino's gone and it sucks. And then they trade Matheson, who when Did they like first him? got, I was pissed. Mm-hmm. But they fixed him and made him great, and now have traded them for Jeff Petrie, who at the time I was like, that's sick. Jeff Petrie sounds great. I, I'm fine with that. And Jeff Petrie has been horrendous. I He's taking so many penalties in critical moments of games. That's just costing the team as well. Seven minors. Game, <laughs> yeah, so Stewart has his hands on his head. I have not seen this very often in my friendship with Stewart as his allegiance to the Penguins is finally dying and he is choosing now live on podcast to be a Leafs fan. So, so right, still, so. yeah. How about, right? Because, you know, we got to rebuild soon, right? That bridge comes for all of us. So what do we think about, like, I don't know, like Alex Newhook, Bone Byram, and like a first for Crosby to the uh, Avalanche? Mm-hmm. You liking that? No. Re- reunite the Cole Harbor boys over there? No, Crosby, re- Crosby retires a penguin. I yeah. would rather miss the playoffs for 15 straight years. <laughs> retires another year. <laughs> yeah, I would hate to see that. There's some people who can do it. Like Matt Sundin, go play with the Ducks. That's fine. That was so weird. Loved it. I didn't like that either. That was my first NHL game was Matt Sundin's return to uh, Toronto as a Canuck. Oh, my God. That's unreal. Watching really? The game, game winner in the shootout. That was my first game ever. <laughs> If you were sports gambling back then, that was like the biggest lock of all time was for the Canucks <laughs> to beat the Leafs on that game, for sure. Speaking of the Canucks, we're going to finish up soon. I do want to talk about this quick. Um, all right, let's make it Jim quick because R- I have to Yeah. Go. Okay, so Jim Rutherford and Bruce Boudreau hate each other, and they're going to fight eventually, and it's just sad to watch at this point. So for those of you who are unaware, Jim Rutherford had a radio hit the other day. For a bit now, he's been... Honestly, management's kind of been shitting on Bruce Boudreau, for lack of a better term. And Rutherford ripped into him. Just GM of the Canucks, for those that may not well, know. Well, president of the Canucks. Patrick Alvin is the That's GM. Right. But right. for all intents and purposes, Rutherford's the GM. But um, just ripped into Boudreaux. Not saying Boudreaux sucks, but he was like, the team needs more structure. They don't play with enough pace. Training camp was bad. Essentially saying everything that's wrong is on Bruce. Um, and there's reports coming out now that the only reason... So Bruce Boudreaux, for the record, was also hired by the owner before uh, Rutherford was brought in. And there's reports coming out saying that the only reason Boost Bro Joe is not fired right now is because ownership doesn't want to pay for three coaches because they're still paying Travis Green. Um, right. So I don't even know what you fucking do at this point, dude. Like, it's a mess. Everyone hates each other. It's amazing how fast this management group has turned it into toxic. Kai, thoughts? Anything? Do you have, like, a date if, in mind? If you had to, like, I'm putting, like, a gun to your head or, like, you get a prize for being closest to the date. When does Boudreau get fired? He gets through the season just because they don't want to pay two coaches. Yeah, no, it's it. It'll purely be financial. Like, yeah. what scares me? He's the season's kind of done already, right? So, yep. What scares me? And I'm gonna end on this, and then we'll wrap up. There's that. We'll get into the one thing I wanted to touch on. So they're lack. They're criticizing structure. Miller only played at a 90 point and above a point per game pace when he was under Boudreaux, and he had that freedom to just do whatever. You sign JT Miller, you can give Boudreaux all the shit you want. You could say there's no structure. You sign JT Miller under the assumption that he was going to play up all those points because of that structure. Now you're going to switch up to a more defensive-oriented coach, and you've got JT Miller making eight and a half for, what, seven years? You think that Bruce Boudreaux the problem? Let's see if he does it under a different coach, man. Like, tough times well, ahead. Also, it's so easy to talk about structure. Look at that fucking defense. Yeah, yeah. I don't Bruce care do? who I don't care who coaches it. Like, come Barry on, Trotz can coach that team. Like, with that defensive core, it's gonna be tough. Um, maybe, maybe Barry could turn it around. Bruce Boudreaux only hope is the second fastest coach in the history of the NHL to reach 600 wins. Is that good? I think that's pretty good. I think when the pretty, only guy ahead of you is Scotty Bowman. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. Anyways, yeah, I want to wrap up there. So we're going to wrap up some fun stuff. As I said, I'm a little gym rat recently. I've been going, guys, what do you think is the best part of the gym? Oh, my God. Okay. I had my first ever personal training session today. <laughs> and he was like, okay, we're going to do uh, we're going to do a plank. And we're going to be like, okay, since it's the first time we're doing it, we're going to cut it off at two minutes. Okay. 
your boy did two minutes. Let's go. That that's, that's big. good. That's big. I, I was I might have been like shaking at the end of it, but it's okay. It was Are you yeah, kidding me? Of course you you're shaking. shaking. Two minutes? Yeah. That's very two well minutes. Done. I, I do you. not believe that I could do it for two minutes. I don't know if I ever told you guys my first personal training uh, session. I lived with Kai when it happened. Kai, do you remember what happened? No. She told me I was obese and that I wouldn't be happy with myself <laughs> in 20 years if I didn't pay her to be my personal trainer for two grand a month. <laughs> she was like, with me, we're going to get you to a really good spot. And I went, <laughs> I went, I don't think I'm obese. That was, a, that was went, a hard pitch. She goes, BMI doesn't lie. And I'm like, looking at myself, I'm like, look, I got a beer guy. I'm not going to, I'm not trying to discount that. I can, I can stand to lose 20 pounds. But obese. We could go out in the gym right now and I can ask people. And she goes, look, sorry. And uh, she's like, I know it's tough to hear, but you don't want to wake up in 40 years looking like this. I'm like, I think I look pretty good. Like, I think I look Oh, okay. my God. She referred to, like, your body as this. Like, oh, no. What you look Dude, like. horrendous. And then she's like, yeah, oh, for, no. uh, for two grand, it might have been five grand a month. It was an expensive program. She's like, yeah, you'll get in with me and uh, you'll lose weight. I'm like, okay. So, like, I remember we did the math and it was like, it's like a thousand dollars a pound I was gonna lose with her, and I'm like, I don't think this works. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna work out. And she's like, Do you think you're gonna be consistent enough on your own? I'm like, Yeah, bitch. Like, I think I could come up to the gym. I don't need to have a two thousand dollar bill hanging over me every time I go work out. That's what I said. And she goes, Can your parents pay for it? I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? I'm in school right now. You think they're gonna pay for a personal trainer on top of helping me with tuition? No fucking chance. But um, yeah, I've never had a personal trainer since then. Um. Fuck that check. But no. <laughs> that hitting hitting a two minute plank in front of a personal trainer is a pretty good feeling, but that's not the one I had in mind. Tyler, Stu? Yeah. Idea? No. What's your idea? Okay. I switched gyms recently. I want to do a little rant. I fucking hate Ali Fitness. Ali Fitness sucks. Go to good life. Best okay, feeling. why does Ali Fitness suck? It just grows, it's grimy, and the trainers harass people sexually there. Um when you go to when you go to Good Life, right? It's clean. But this is the best. You do your workout, and after the workout you get your towel on and you go into the sauna and you crank the fucking heat on that thing. Okay. You get a nice like 90, 95 and you're sweating, you're shooting water on yourself with your water bottle to cool down. And when you open that door and come out and then the cool, it, you know, it hits you and it cools you down. You take a nice cold shower and you get that fucking explosive head rush. Okay. It's better than an orgasm. <laughs> better than an orgasm. That might be the title <sighs> of the episode. Better yeah. than an orgasm. Um, one last point. Do ba do ba do ba do do. Um, my goal go- scoring streak is over, but we're back in the win column. Why? Your boy shoring it up on defense. No. Fuck what Kai said. I was a Don't star. care. Plus two. Anyways, everybody, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. Plus minus is a fake stat. We don't, when I'm on we don't the care ice. if you're a plus two. <laughs> Not when I'm on the ice, baby. <laughs> Anyways, everybody, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Loose Change Podcast. If you've got any loose change jingling jangling around in your pockets, think about us sexually if you want. I don't know. Brayden, what's worse you. than a what's worse than a lobster on your piano? Lobster on my penis. Crabs on your organs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs>